When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Get ready for an unbelievable experience at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp in Los Angeles, where you'll get to jam with Chad Smith of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Noodles from The Offspring, and Nick Hexum of 311. It's Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, the most unique musician's experience on planet Earth. April 18th through the 21st in Hollywood, California. Perform the music of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Offspring, and 311 with Chad Smith, Noodles, and Nick Hexum. It's a Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp you just can't miss. back for another episode of Rock Camp the Podcast. This is actually our 11th episode. We made it into the double digits, guys, and you know the average podcast only lasts four or five episodes, so we're beating the odds already. I'm here with Britt Lightning, the musical director at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and David Fishoff, the CEO and founder, and we are on a high still, aren't we, guys? We're coming out of this great high-voltage Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. It was high voltage, all right. It, sure it was, was a lot of action, a lot of fun, a lot of great bands. So many good players this camp. The band sounded amazing. And props to Britt on, you know, I was talking to Joel Hoekstra this morning. We'll we'll play some from that interview. But, you know, he gave Britt a big compliment. She does a great job putting these bands together by skill level. And everybody had a great time. We didn't have any complaints at this camp. No, I you know, don't. Lately, we haven't had complaints at all. I'm telling you, what camp's been lately, no complaints. She's the matchmaker. You know, next she's going to be doing the boxing, you know, boxes. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I like that. Rock and roll matchmaker. Maybe yeah. I can uh, yeah, that's get you people are. together, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can put <laughs> boxes together, MMA. That's, you know, that's that's an that's an art, putting yeah. people together. It's a podcast in itself, too. Yeah, yeah. and just... if they slip me an extra couple bucks, I'll put them in with other single people that right. are. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well, you have a great story. Talk about your girlfriend who came to Rock Camp. They were in a band together, and they're now they're together. Yeah, my f- very first Rock Camp, they were two recently divorced well one was recently divorced one was not so recently divorced both at a point in their lives where they were like I need something else something to inspire me one had retired and was just looking for some some new blood and energy yeah Andy and George they're awesome Mm. and actually they said they came to the Troubadour I didn't see them but they they were there at the final show this past weekend but they they found love through their lack of confidence and insecurities they bonded together over their fear of getting up on stage and doing this new thing in their lives and 
just breaking down boundaries. And within that, that allowed them to be open to new love when they thought they were closed off to wow. it. Wow. So match makes, great, can, matchmaking can story. happen at camp, sure too. Sure can, wow. yeah. Well, yeah. you know, post or pre-camp, we it's kind of interesting to get into this stuff. And, and this is kind of an interesting place to start, Britt. In your band, before we got to camp, your singer, you kind of had to talk her off the ledge a little bit, didn't you? Oh, big time. Okay, so first of all, every counselor does a Zoom call with their band before they get to camp so everybody can meet face-to-face, you know, over Zoom and, and you know, just get to, get to know people so that you don't have to go through all the formalities when you get into the rehearsal space and you can get right to jamming. So we had our first band Zoom call, and I could see in her eyes she looked like a deer in headlights and was frightened, but I didn't think it was so bad until we hung up the Zoom call and she asked if she could call me. And I pick up the phone. She said, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm, I'm pulling out of camp. I'm not going to be coming. And I've had those. I was mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? We haven't even started. We just all met. Like, let's, you know, you just, it, and I just talked to her for so long. She was hard to convince. But I was like, this is all part of the process. It, this is where it starts. You have to get over that fear. It's part of overcoming things. And that fear is totally normal, even for very experienced musicians. And she was sure she wouldn't be able to do it. And I said, I guarantee you, you're going to be laughing at the end of the four days and saying how ridiculous that was that you even brought this up or even entertained this notion that you were going to quit. And, and she was. Absolutely. She had the whole thing turned around. Actually, by day two, she was in full diva mode and she was bossing around all the other people in my band. And she goes, I can't believe. I almost passed this up. Wow. Wow. It, that's that's but what I said. I would never have let you pass I've it seen up. Many of those stories yeah. the lady you have from American Express. See, she said, David, I don't do anything. I just come play tambourine. I just wanted to show her the experience. By the last day, she's working at the, you know, she's singing, you know, lead and writing a song, her original song at the Whiskey Go Go. Oh, no, it great. really is amazing to see what happens during those four days, the transformation. And like you said, it that you're 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 completely like almost naked, you know. You, you, you know, you think you're good at, at something, and then all of a sudden you come do this, and it's something new. But if you take that chance, you will see the, at the end what happens. And we had a lot of new campers at a this lot of camp, new campers. That was great. That's great, right? Loved I mean, it's it. you know, it's so fun to see them come. They don't know what they're what they're really in for yet, and by the end of it, they're like, "I got to come back." They're planning their next trip. Oh, that's that's their line to me. I, I have to come back. I said, "I know you. You go back to your boring jobs. Right. You're gonna have to come back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. No exactly. one's gonna get you the excitement the rock camp's gonna give you. No, absolutely and, not. Uh, but I, I, you know, you talk about p- pairing the bands. This camp was quite interesting because everybody was happy, and then, but the first day, Joel had a little issue with his drummer. Yeah, and and that was interesting. And he talks about that a lot in this interview, which we can listen to. Our drummer uh, had never played with people before. He was very nervous, and I think hesitant to express that. He never really expressed that to me leading into the camp. Day one, we realized he was having some trouble making it through, and this kind of speaks to David Fishoff's foresight in his hiring process at, at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. But um, we were able to have one of the tour managers, Sebastian, come in and help out as a second drummer and kind of training wheels, if you will. And suddenly, you know, whenever Sebastian was playing, David kind of lost his inhibitions and he started to play with more confidence and play the songs better. And uh, I think it took the pressure off of him. You know, as a drummer, you're always the person carrying the band. And so he played really well when Sebastian would play along with him. And the coolest thing about this was that that was really after day one, he had said to me, hey, that was the right call having Sebastian come in and I feel so much more comfortable. And he said, you know, after the first day, I was thinking, what am I doing here? Maybe I shouldn't have come here, uh, that he wasn't um, going to be able to do this. And um, 
But then the best part was that David, when it came time to perform at the headliners, uh, by the time we got to Nancy Wilson at the end of the camp, uh, he expressed an interest on playing on his own. He wanted to perform without Sebastian as his training wheels on drums. And I just thought that was the coolest moment of the camp for me to see him um, not only gain the confidence playing with somebody else, but to want to play on his own and with Nancy Wilson, for God's sakes. But Britt, you, you know, you interviewed the drummer and somehow... You know what happened? There? Okay, so in in a rare case, it's in there's an illusion. Joel and I spoke about this concept of the illusion musician, and so you know, I I did. I watched him play drums over Zoom. I talked to him a lot. He was a great guy, good personality, excited about camp, first time camper coming from Canada, and I I asked him to play for me, and he played great. You know, he kept a rhythm. He did some fills, and he had groove. He had good timing. You know, that's kind of the main things you look for. And then Joel said, when I first got into this studio with him, the rehearsal studio, I watched him get behind the kit set up and he started playing a little and I thought to myself oh good I got a good drummer so he thought that too wow then the craziest thing so he was a bedroom drummer right he has the illusion of being able to play well but he had never played with other people in his life never jammed with others my son is just like that so I'm not afraid he's he's the best bedroom drummer in the world thinks he's the best drummer in the world too yeah so the concept of being in a band brings out a whole different side of things so he could not actually play in time when everybody else came in it was like when he had the focus and the silence of just him it worked when you bring in the other people and the whole concept of a band it fell apart it fell to pieces so it was the illusion of being able to play in a band. Interesting. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people play, you know, they play at home, they put the headphones in, right? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that it? And he, and he can play. Yeah. And that, that illusion, that, that can happen. That even happens to me when I'm learning new cover songs. If I, I have a gig, right? And you're quickly trying to learn the songs. I can play along to the songs, to the record all day long, and it's easy. I don't even think about it. But if you take the track away and try to play by yourself, you realize, oh, without that vocal cue, without this, I'm not counting. I don't know how many measures. I actually don't know where to come in. Wow. Exactly. Right. I mean, you know, for a long time, I think if I hadn't come to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, I'd be a bedroom bass player. I've never really been in bands, but the camp puts you on a stage with other people and it forces you to get out of that kind of shell you come into at the beginning of it. And, and the big stage right away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the big stage, a legendary stage right away. Yeah. I think that's really cool. I mean, that's a new observation for me. But, you know, I think that that, you know, there are a lot of people who who are bedroom players or take private lessons at home, have the dream to be in a band probably think it's easy and it probably is easy once but you once you got you still have to you have to go through it exactly that's really something new i'm glad you glad we talked about that because the whole time i kept looking at that drummer and he kept feeling better and better and better and at the end he said it was the greatest thing he ever did right and and i mean i guess while we're on the subject of him the way that you kind of remedied that situation and as joel says in his interview clip he says this is actually kind of you got to give props to david and Britt on the people that they hire the fact that we have musicians that are also tour managers and you were able to just take one of the tour managers put him in the band and you know all of a sudden that drummer felt a lot more comfortable playing along with another drummer and as Joel says in the in the interview you know he gets to the point by the end of the weekend where he doesn't want to play with the other drummer he can play by himself now Took the training wheels off yeah. yeah yeah I think Britt and I've talked about that for you know the last four or five years I think, right that we want to hire the tour managers to all be musicians and we've had some great singers too yeah. you know uh, Heidi, Heidi was, was amazing, Heidi was amazing yeah. singer and, and in the crew and many times we've used a crew person and just brought another crew person in to help, you know, with a band and fix it up. And so, so that's why everyone in the band has to, everyone in the camp has to play music. Exactly. Except me. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. And for those of you that don't know, Miles is a great bass player. Great oh, bass player. Well, yes, he is. I, I have gotten pulled in last minute to play yeah. in a band at camp before. And one of these so. camps will teach David the F chord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> Not what you're all thinking. No, you know, right. but, no but the, the F, F is the chord. hardest of the chords. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> well, one of the things that you guys do now, I think this is kind of a newer thing to kind of get new campers feeling a little bit more comfortable at the beginning, is this new camper orientation. And I, I recorded some of you guys doing that. Okay. And we have someone from Brazil here. Wow. You came from Sao Paulo. And Lloyd, Lloyd over here, you're from Papua New Guinea. Papua New Guinea, wow. Great, okay, good. First time, too? Yeah, first time. Good, you're going to turn around and say hello to Vinny Apathy right behind you. She's in your band, oh, wow. Oh, that's going to be great. You're going to have an experience. Okay, raise your hand, you got some questions, tell us where you're from, I'd love to hear it. What is the new camper orientation, now that we've heard a little bit of it? You know, it's basically like instead of just jumping into how things are going to be, introducing the counselors and going over the schedule, it's it's just a time to, you know, like we mentioned, a lot of people have some fear for these new campers. And so it's a time for them to just ask questions face-to-face with us. I mean, we, we right. do offer the, the open house Zoom forum and Which stuff for questions. Which is great, too. That was another thing we added in was Britt's <clears throat> open house on right. Tuesday nights so people could call in start to feel a little more comfortable because relieves, you know, this is a big thing. Exactly. You know? It relieves a lot of stress. So last Tuesday, it was all new campers that are coming to this upcoming March camp asking questions and stuff. And it just makes them feel so much better because it's it's like a support group for rock camp. Yeah. yeah. And and that's what the, the new camper orientation basically is like. It's like, okay, you're here. You made it here. You got on the plane, even though maybe something in you told you that you should turn around and go home and stay home. But you made it this far. So what other questions do you have before we jump into everything? And mm-hmm. and we just make, make people feel good. I think- yeah, you, make them feel good and make them feel, understand that this uh, every musician has this you know and yeah uh, i you know i remember when ringo would say to me uh make sure that, you know they have name tags on i wonder who they are and, and send me the music you know he really wanted to learn the music you know of because course. you know you're in a band so you want to feel so i understand i get the nervousness i get it but if you do the work you're going to have a, a so much better you know fun and, and and experience and i think that your master class answers a lot of questions and you're right touching on them and because they're nervous until they strike that first chord with a band. Because right. like you said, many people have never been in a band before. And then you have those great bands that Brits put together where these people are 
real experienced musicians. You know, I've had I've had some great musicians who are you know touring musicians who've come as campers just because they wanted to learn from our. You know, when, when else they, they admit, I, I got to learn from Joel. I got to learn from yeah. Teddy. You know, even though I do this for a living, I want to learn from these people. So that's what's great about all the different bands. They start from the beginning and they, and from beginners all the way to, you know, some great musicians. And so, you know, they kind of come in, the campers come in, they registered, they had the new campers had new camper orientation. Every camp starts off with a welcome speech from David, which I won't play too much of that speech because then yeah, we'll no. have to change it for the next one, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. uh, but, but so, and then right after that, you are getting right to jamming. We send you right in and, and you're starting the rehearsing right away pretty much, right? And, you know, it hap- it starts so quickly and you kind of, you're in that band for the rest of camp, right? It's meant to start quick. You know, for the campers, it's everything goes quick. Yeah. For us, it goes quick. You know, that once that metal, you know, put that pedal to the metal, that camp moves. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You don't even realize it. And, and kudos to you because everyone, Britt, right? We saw everyone said that thing went like magic this time. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, even when I stole one of the tour managers to help with the drummer, yeah, that's you were right. able to reallocate everybody because it's it's really like, well, I say the bands putting it together, the bands is like doing a Rubik's Cube, but it's also assigning tour managers and making sure this person, you know, finding their strengths and assigning them to the right tasks because there's a lot of moving parts. A lot of moving parts. And, and, you know, it was great to get to do my first camp. Now the next one's going to be even better. The next one after that's going to be even better. You know, it it was, it's a, it's a process. And as far as the taking one of the tour managers go, you know, I had a moment when you first came up to me like, oh God, really? We, (laughs) we got to take one of them to do it. But you know, every camper experience is so important. I think that comes through rock camp that if if this guy is going to help, you know, the, the drummer have a great time in the end, then he's doing his job as a tour manager. That's not taking a tour manager away from me. So, you know, if you come to rock camp and you're having a little trouble, we'll help you out. Is You know, you don't have to come. I think a lot of people, and I hear this on the phone a lot, is, oh, I need more time to learn the songs before. I need it to be perfect before I get there. It's not supposed to be perfect before you get there, right? It's kind of, no. that's part of the process. And rock and roll isn't perfect. It's messy. Right. And in the moment, and spontaneous, and fun, and and yeah, that's and, and, and that's what makes camps. You know, each camp is different. You know, I love when people call me up. This was the best camp ever. Yeah. And then the next camp, they call Brit and I. That was the best camp ever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it is. It's rock and roll. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, you don't know what's going. Right. Know. Rock and roll is unpredictable, and so that's part of people the fun. Understand it's... our business, but it is unpredictable. Exactly, right. and, and that's the fun there's of it. There's fear, there's danger, there's unpredictability, spontaneity, and yeah. But yeah, Miles the camp ran so smooth. Well, there yeah, wasn't one guys. one thing I heard about that was an issue. Not one. Even the bus driver made it to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Made it over the hill. Made it over, the, made hill. over the hill. <laughs> and that's yeah. a feat in itself. Yeah. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I did manage to get little interviews with you guys and some of the county counselors throughout it. David and I talked on day one in the office, so we'll go ahead and listen to that clip right now. David, we just kicked off high voltage camp. How's it feeling so far? You know, it was so, felt like high voltage. Yeah, <laughs> <You right. know? laughs> The excitement in the room, you know, half the camp are newbies this time. Right. And it's so great. Uh, you know, I love, we have from Guatemala, and we have from Brazil and Germany, and, you know, I love Canada, and so many people that, you know, it's been on their bucket list. And their wives, uh, I said, how'd you come to camp? My wife, my wife, my wife. You know, and it's so great that they, you know, they've always wanted to do this. They've been looking at it for years, and they finally decided to come. And I thought it was great. At the council staff, is amazing. The counselors are amazing. Yeah, the crew, you know, we get the KISS crew with Berger and uh, 
Michael and his crew, and now they're going to go on Def Leppard camp. So, I mean, the people really get, they're going to get this rock and roll experience. It's a full fan of, yeah, even even the crew that you get here is, you know, Gene Simmons' crew, Vivian Campbell's crew. Yeah, so it's, it's really great. It's and, all rock and roll fantasy. And then, and then our counselor, this is a great bunch of counselors. I mean, it really is. You know, you know, for me to see Spike Edney, I call him Spike Lee, but Spike <laughs> Edney, to, you know, two nights ago he's working in Japan, the biggest gig, and they flies in to do rock and roll fantasy camp. I mean, what a fantasy that is to Joel Hoekstra, to to Vinny Apice, who's on tour with Last in Line, and he's off this weekend, and he's doing camp. So, right. yeah, the dedication to the, of the rock stars is just amazing. But one of the next things that I want to talk about as far as camp goes is we know that you're going to be jamming. You, we know that you're going to be rehearsing. But some people don't fully know what the master classes are. Maybe they've attended the Zoom master classes. Maybe they've seen stuff about the songwriting roundtable online. But not only did we have a great set of master classes ranging on everything from fashion to bass drums, every instrument that you could imagine, the songwriting roundtable at this camp was one of the best songwriting roundtables ever, according to some of the counselors, right? You're right about that. The quality of the songs was amazing. They, it, it was they, it was like listening to the radio, scrolling through the channels. They were all different vibes. We had a country singer, country song. We had a, a ballad about somebody who had lost their father from a drummer who was singing. It was amazing. We had some rocker ones. We had this one amazing amazing song from a camper that was in the military and had some PTSD and this was his way of working through that and he said it was much better than all the therapy he went through amazing. so but but all the songs were really well done and i think we gave a lot of great feedback too to help them you know take it to the next level if they want to revise it and you can you can hear in the clip here as we're going to play some you know after every at the end Joel Hoekstra and Derek St. Holmes both say Wow. I don't think we've ever had a group of campers where every song is is this polished, this professional. It's almost hard to give too much advice. No, it's true. And I was sitting next to Joel for that, and I was watching his face, and he was truly blown away. Yeah. He was, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the Songwriting Roundtable, huh? Give a round of applause for this panel up here. The Songwriting Roundtable is one of the most popular things at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, and it came from this guy. It was Vinny Apice's idea. I must say, it's, it wasn't my idea. Somebody said you did something with Melissa Manchester. Okay. And she listened to everybody's song and critiqued it, and, and it was really good. And then I told David, that's a great idea. He thinks I came up with it. Brought it to its current... I had a square table. <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to you though now. Uh, what do you got? Sounded great, yeah. Any drums on it? Yeah. Okay, so you're a drummer. Yeah. Okay. And then yeah, the kick drum drum's drum's so drum. loud in that part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Yeah, Chuck's a power drummer, so yeah. it's all about power. Hold on. Vinny didn't. I, I, what I did like is dum dum dab, boom boom dab, that bass drum. Okay. Sounds a little clobbery. Okay. That so I would experiment with a different pattern on the bass drum there. Rest of it's good. Couldn't hear the chorus vocals very much. Okay. Maybe have more vocals on it or something. So this is for a, a, a series, meaning like an animation thing or something? No, no, it's a character. Good. It's a character it's that's going to... Live people. Live people. Oh, like a theater thing. No, show. 
a show, yeah. a TV show. Yeah. I see, and, and, and so it's a comedy yeah. thing yeah. about an 80s guy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, it fits that, that whole bill. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a huge reaper person on vocals, but that's what happened back in the 80s. <laughs> So, I thought it was good. Yeah. Awesome. What are you playing? I'm a singer. Then I wrote the
between the verse and that main riff if that opening riff was on like, a less call. Less call. Yeah. I, I would, uh, you can definitely hear a single coil and it's like it feels like it, it could be like you know ballsier that opening riff is badass yeah. but it's not the right tone in my opinion but it's killer dude. Yeah. It sounds yeah. great. Thank yeah. You. All of you guys are so good. So yeah. talented yeah. everybody. Seriously. This is the most impressive drums. like yeah. list of songs wow. I've heard of yeah. one of these. You guys are great. Drums are badass. Thank you. Yeah. I would just want to hear the vocals a little more clearly. Yeah. I, I couldn't really, I want to hear them a little more maybe up in the mix, I, or maybe it had something to do with the effect. It sounded cool. Like, yeah, I thought yeah, Alice and Chains yeah. from the Blind Okay, so why don't we start Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp Records? Uh, we exactly got to do it. Mm -hmm. We got to do young it. bands, and that's got to be our next thing. We, I we know. We do it, because yeah, the music is great. I want to share a story that Rudy Sarso had a band in New York. Right. And I remember Roger Dolce coming in a day early, and I said, come meet me at the studio. I just want to show you around. This new, we were doing it at Gibson Studios, and we walked into an empty studio, and there was a young man, not a uh, father, who was writing a song. He, he came to camp to write a song because his son you know, died, and uh, he, mm. was, he was drunk. And him and his best friend were in a car, and this, they both died. And oh. the guy had a lot of guilt because it was his son's best friend, and naturally he lost his son. And he came to camp to just, you know, because he wanted to do something new. And so Rudy said to him, why don't you go into another room? You write the lyrics. We'll work on the music. And, they, and so I walk into this room, and there's, Roger and I walk into the room, and we see the guys there writing, and he doesn't recognize Roger. You know, Roger's a little English guy, you know, <laughs> you know when you see and And he starts telling us what he's doing and everything, and, and then um, we walk out of the room, and about an hour later, we walk into Rudy's room, and I said to the guy, let me hear the song, you know, and he, he like, flipped out to say hello to Roger Daltrey, and, and, Ro and Roger said, give me the lyrics, and Roger sang the song with him. Wow. And, but before he sang the song with him, he grabbed the guy and gave him a hug, that probably, probably for him it lasted 24 hours, you know. He just gave him a hug. He says, let go. Let go. It's a beautiful mm -hmm. song. Just let go. I saw that emotion. I got the chills. But, you know, that was Roger. He just he wanted to help that, help that person. Then he sang it at B.B. King's with the guy. And, you know, and I know Rudy's still in touch with it with the gentleman. But, you know, I've seen people come to write songs. Our friend Joe Mara. He uh, lost his wife, and he went to Joe Vitale. He came to a songwriting. He came to camp. We had a songwriting program, and Joe worked with him in writing a song that he eventually recorded and had people record. So, you know, a power of a song can really let out a lot of emotions. And I'm really excited to hear these, these songs. That we we got to figure out what to do. Yeah. We've had some great songs over the years. And, and the big issue is how do we get them out to people, you know? So that's that's always what I, that was my my question to Desmond. Right, mm -hmm. yeah, Rock Camp Records, it's got to happen. Yeah, well, one of the songs that came out of the songwriting roundtable was that girl who had written a song about her brother, 
And afterwards, I think Joel or somebody, maybe Janet Robbins said, that's kind of interesting that it's about your brother because it sounds like a love song to me. And she said, well, I, I wrote it to be interpreted like that. You know, maybe somebody can't relate to it as a song about their own sibling, but maybe they can relate to it as a love song. And it's, you know, music is open to interpretation. And I think we really learned that when you sit down in a group of professionals and analyze a song. It was just really cool to see at this camp. Right. It was That was interesting because the comments on that were, well, from that from Janet or whoever particularly said that thought it was too vague and then there was another one the country song it was like so then I came home and I wrote you a letter and then you opened it and you read it and then that was too particular too and so it was like oh that should be a little more metaphorical and Mm. a little more open to interpretation than so and more poetic than so literal right so yeah there's always it's always interesting you know and kudos to Vinny it was Vinny's idea yeah I give Vinny a lot of credit you know he just said David let's do this and you know it was Eric Sherman who came to me years ago and said do master classes and but it was Vinny who said let's do this music music roundtable so you know and and and, you know what's funny is he won't I think people are coming in prepared Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they know about the roundtable now. Right, for we sure. tell them in advance. We tell them in advance. The and what? Vinny always has the best piece of advice, too, for, for all the songs. He always just says, more drums. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Could use more drums. Yeah, louder, louder. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny, too, actually, you'll, you'll hear it at the beginning of this clip. I gave Vinny the credit. He won't take the credit. He says, no, no, it was Melissa Manchester. It wasn't me. Oh, so yeah, she came into camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, camp. but Vinny brought it to its current form, so we got to thank Vinny for that one. Okay, as far as other content that came out of this camp, we had three opportunities to get three awesome Q&As out of this camp. We had three big stars. Chris Slade came in on the first day from ACDC. From ACDC, from the firm, from Manfred Mann's Earth Band, Chris Slade! What are your thoughts on this current tour they just announced? Just kind of Brian and Angus from the classic lineup. I can't possibly comment. <laughs> Good try, though, Miles. <laughs> Chris, uh, with ACDC getting ready to uh, tour again, would that have been something that would have still interested you to go out, or are you uh, more interested in, in still pursuing other projects that bring you different joy? Uh, of course, I know I would have done it. Um, I can't walk, but I can play drums. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Angus believes that, but. Um, who knows? Um, I probably play more like uh, Philips these days, <laughs> not like Chris Baker in the 90s. I, I would have been interested, definitely. But these are, that's the way it rolls, you know? David, you've had Chris at camp before, obviously, but, but you haven't seen him in a while. How was the experience kind of reuniting with him here? Well, you know, he, came, he was a counselor, mm-hmm. and he, he worked for a counselor for me for, for a bunch of years, and he was great. And then he moved back to the U.K., so I wanted, when we were thinking about doing ACDC, he was the first guy that I thought of. And he was funny. He was. And, and I loved hearing the Tom Jones stuff, you know. And, you know, I love Tom Jones. You know, I guess I'm giving you my age. But, you know, Tom's still working. Yeah. And, you know, I think the question of how many any panties did he catch was what all I wanted to know. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how many fell in your face? And then when he said, 
I had a few loaded ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, I thought Chris was great, and, and he's touring with the, the Chris Slade project. And, yeah, the timeline. And, you know, I think when you start to— He's releasing a new record. I remember calling, right? I remember calling Nancy, Wilson's manager, to you know, tell her you know, how great Nancy was, and he said to me, I'm such a Chris Slade fan. What? Wow. He said, yeah, he played on Manfred Mann. He knew every—my friend Andrew Genda, he knew everything about Chris Slade, so— it was great to have him. And what a sport. What a great guy. And So nice. Great. One of the nicest people. Yeah. So giving. And I just English. To, those English guys. So, <laughs> took so and, much time so with each So patient band. and just enjoyed it. Just never never made you feel like you should rush or that, you know, he just gave you all the time like you were the only person in the room. And one thing I wanted to share that's not on the Q&A that was a cool piece of right. information that, I, that came out. So he came into our room to jam with my band. And once again, talking to everybody, taking his time. And after after we played, uh, you shook me all night long with him. And we had done a medley where we introed suspicious minds into you shook me all night long. And he said, you know what's crazy is Elvis asked me to play drums yeah. for him uh. at his Vegas residency when that was starting up. But I wasn't allowed to because I was under contract with Tom Jones and I couldn't get out of it. In those days, it was just Tom Jones's manager talked to the colonel and that was that. I didn't have any say. And th- th- those are two big managers. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so he said, and that was the biggest regret of my entire career, not being able to play. And as soon as he said that, Elvis. I said, we got to go redo that Q&A yeah. right now. <laughs> but what an incredible career the guy had. He started with Tom Jones as a teenager, too. Amazing. 16, Amazing. right? 16, so yeah. So I, I want to share something that I've never spoken about here. Is the difference between the English rock star and the American mm. rock star. Mm. Right? There's a difference. There is. Definitely. Over the years, I've dealt with him. First of all, for the English, this is a job, just like... Their father was a painter or worked in the steel mines or, you know, whatever job they had. This is a job. I'm going to work. Honey, I see you. I'm going to work. The Americans, they just they just want to, you know, be like the English. And they think, oh, we got to do drugs and drink and I got to be a <laughs> rock star. And, you know, from Steven Tyler and all those old those bands, you know, they, they all thought that they were the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones are all business. The who is business. This is a job, you know, like even when Bill Wyman, I'm going to work, honey, I'll see you later. Roger would say to me, hey, my father was, uh, you know, I mean, he, he said I worked in a sheet factory. I'm going, this is a job for them. So, you know, it's such a huge difference between the American rock star and the British rock star. Wow. Wow, I love that. I never. Yeah, I've never yeah. thought about that. Yeah. yeah they, 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 you know, they, oh, we, we got to be like, uh, you know, like Led Zeppelin. You know, yes, you found, you did have those couple guys that were out of shape, but the, everybody else, it's it's a job. And they and they look at it as a job in England. It's, yeah. It's my job. There's not as much ego in England, maybe. I mean, right. there is some, but, you know, I think of that quote from Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones' wife. She always said that, you know, when he'd, he'd come back from tour and he was getting too big for his britches, she'd send him off to do the dishes or something. You know, you just got to put him yeah. back in his place a little bit. Right. Wow. What, what's the Ringo line? Oh, no. When, I, when I'm on the road, I'm a beetle. When I'm home, I'm a schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's really the Jackie Mason line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. I credit to him, but it's Jackie Mason. Well, <laughs> maybe it has to do too with the idea of like it's just American excess, everybody, you know, over the top. And yeah. Just, you know. Well, I, what I thought was kind of interesting about Chris Slade, because I, Nick, the photographer that does camp with us, and I walked him room to room to every room. And, you know, in between every room, we'd say, oh, Chris, do you need water? Do you need anything? No, no, I'm good. He just wanted to keep on troopering along. And not only did he didn't just go into each room, what he did with your band, Britt, he did in every single room. He didn't mm-hmm. just walk in and take the pictures, listen to the song, whatever. He walked in and he told stories for five to ten minutes afterwards, you know, almost to the point we're running over schedule. So that's the kind of rock star that you just love at, at Rock Camp. I think we, I think we all had all three of them. 
All the big oh, yeah. names is camp. I mean, from Nancy Wilson. Why wow, we we could do five podcasts on on just how she was <clears> in camp. I thought that was so cool. So, what's the name of your band? And and what were you the, the Lightnings? What was your band? The Lightning, the Rods. Lightning Rods. The Lightning Rods. And she said, "Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome the Lightning Rods." Oh, you know, that's great. <laughs> that was so cool. She would introduce each band by the name. You know, like she does that in the film too. She loves the names of the band. She thinks that's so cool. Yeah. And whoever named their band the Fish Offs, they can have a job for the next. You know, yeah. Right. Time. <laughs> 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 no, but I thought that was really cool that she also put time into it and. And it just brought smiles to everyone, and, and you know herself, and and then I love that she just played those intros to the songs, right? So yeah. Cool. Let's do a proper welcome for Nancy Wilson. <laughs> Nancy, thank you so much for coming back to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. Before we get into it and open it up for everybody, your origin story with the camp is really interesting to me. Nancy and Jerry Cantrell from Allison Chains are very yeah. close friends. And you wouldn't necessarily think that right off the bat, but that's kind of how you got involved in the camp, right? It was through Jerry. Jerry Kentrell is one of my Seattle brothers from Seattle. And, uh, yeah, anything Jerry says, you know, want to do that, I said yes. So, whatever Jerry wants, Jerry gets. <laughs> um, but we're still really close, and uh, we just played New Year's Eve in Seattle. And I made sure I wore my Jerry Cantrell uh, hoodie for, for the picture for, for that. That's great. Yeah. Now, uh, congrats on the hard tour. I think we should all give a round of applause. What made now the right time to bring it back out on the road? Well, there's been a few years where me and Anne have done very slow other projects. And that's actually artistically quite satisfying and um, enlivening to work on other music besides the stuff that everyone, you know, the songs everybody knows, we're going to definitely do all those songs with a heart to it. And, but having new songs that we could maybe plug in one or two in a new heart, um, you know, context of a heart tour. I mean, we're going to go to Europe again. We're going to go probably to Japan and all across the United States of America. So, <laughs> these United States of America. <laughs> and uh, so we'll see everybody, you know, and do everything all over again. She just played the intros. I was, you know, playing. Speaking of intros to songs, so one thing happened with my band. We played Kick It Out. Now, we did it perfectly in the rehearsal space, of course, every time. You go in front of Nancy, well, the room sound changes. We're adding another guitar player, so it's a whole wall of guitars. We had four guitar players, including me and my band. Then Nancy. And you got an audience a bit. Now we have an audience, and the, the drums are in a different section. Well, we start Kick It Out, which is a very weird timing song, so you need to listen to the drums and everything. And we couldn't really hear the drums. It just wasn't as Ooh. loud with the, this wall of guitars that we were in front of, the way the drums were placed behind the amps. And he couldn't hear us, and we fell off time. And it was, and my band's looking at me like, what do we do? And, you know, we're in front of Nancy. And, oh, my God, I could see the panic. And so I'm, like, trying to figure it out. And then and then Nancy goes, you know what? Let's stop. Let's start that over again. Right. And all, all the drummer was like, I'm so grateful that she cared enough that she could tell that we were off. She was listening, and she allowed us to restart so we could get back on track and do it right from the top. That's awesome. And it was really cool. Well, I think that's the magic of Rock Camp. You go from your bedroom 
right to the playing with the biggest rock stars. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And I think that, and I think like you said earlier, Britt, I think playing with the, you know, live in a band. And so when a guy auditions on, on, on Zoom and all of a sudden you show up to camp, you know, you're playing with all these people and then you're playing on stage at a show. You're going to mess up. But I think that get over that fear. And then you can go back and start your own band, and probably, you know, that's... You'll never get over the fear of messing up on stage until you mess up on stage. Right. Yeah. Then it's done. Let alone Then you in can front move on Nancy. with your life and have fun. Right. So maybe I should have gone to Michael Jordan <laughs> yeah. and Fantasy King and get, my, get the ball stuffed in my face <laughs> like Michael Jordan. Right. You might be playing in a league now. I might be in an over-60-year-old league. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what? We should start a little... You know, Joel is a great basketball player. I know. Is they he really? Do, they do like fantasy basketball on the cruises. Um, wow. Nuno likes to play and uh, huh. Richie Kotzen and I promised him I have to ask my friend Marv Albert maybe to come to the New York camp if he's there because... He keeps asking me, when am I going to meet Marv Albert? You know, that's his idol. So, And so at uh, the next camp, you know, we'll talk about the jams at the lows. Maybe we have jams at the lows and basketball, and basketball. going on at the yeah. same time. And you time. still have to see how I can throw a football. Oh, wow. I could be a quarterback. I heard about that. Oh, really? Someone said they were throwing a football with you and We did, and, we did and it in the Tommy. parking lot one night after everything closed down. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. So, you know, come to Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. You'll jam well, with Nancy Wilson. Cool and, you know, who throws a football all day is Brett Michaels. Oh, oh really? He's always throwing I a always football. have one in the back of my car. Really? He's wow. always with me, yeah. Brett, he's, Brett is always throwing the football. Every time I see him, I've come backstage to many shows. Jones Beach, and this, even this past summer, he was throwing the football, you know, when I came to that those four... Up San Francisco, he's always throwing the football. Wow! So yeah. come to camp, ask to play some football with Britt Favre over here, and and you guys. Britt Favre. Favre. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I know that. a lot of campers want to tackle her, but yeah, yeah, right, right. exactly. <laughs> That's great. That is great. So you know, we're still talking about the Q and As that we did, and and just real quick, I know we I've already played a clip from Chris Slade coming into camp, but something I thought that was really interesting that he said is he would have liked to be on this ACDC tour if they had asked him to. You know the the ACDC tour is going out there without a bass player and a drummer. I mean, from a business perspective, what do you think that is? Just money for you know, it's more money for the two main guys, right? Yeah, I could think it's business, but I also think you know they're in Australia, they're jamming with the friend of theirs. And maybe someone that's younger. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people come in anyways, ACDC. So I don't even think it's business. I just think, you know, sometimes it's what's in front of your face. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's who's who's around at the time. Yeah, and who's jamming, you know, and, and, and then who has your ear. Right, right, exactly. Well, we've touched on the Nancy Wilson one, but we haven't touched on the, the Leo brothers at all yet. Well, guys, uh, you know, I, I want to start with this, and then we'll open it up for everybody in, in a second here. You know, we kind of touched on this a little bit back there, but you guys obviously are brothers, and uh, one of you is a bass player, the other is a guitarist. And I said this to you when you came in, because I'm a bass player, and I have an older brother who's a guitarist. So you must have been forced to play bass as a kid, right? That's, that's exactly right. Dean's <laughs> he, older than me, so it was his fault. I, I, I was following what he was doing. We wrangled Robert and we, we um, I got a said we, we needed a bass player. We were, we were really cutting our teeth on that Jersey Shore bar scene. Right? 
And this was my first camp with the DeLeo brothers. They are the nicest guys the ever. Nicest. I don't think I've ever met a nicer rock star. And so talented. Now they were my very first concert ever. Really? Wow. Yeah, I was. So it, it was, that a, was great. I was obsessed. Like it was the first band that I would follow around and just. And you know, Toby, wow. Nancy, you played Nancy in a band too. When you, when you I did. Yeah. 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 I was in a heart tribute band called Crazy on You, and I played Nancy Wilson for a little while. And and to me, I mean, she's so iconic. I didn't realize that women could really be rock stars until I saw live footage of her from the '70s, and it blew my mind. I didn't. It was the first first woman I saw with a guitar really doing that. She had to see live footage because she wasn't around in the 70s, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> but well, Talk about the DeLeo brothers. Yeah, so they, they're great. They were great. And, and you know, it was as soon as they came in, I said to Robert, because, you know, I have an older brother who's a guitar player, and I was forced to become a bass player because there was no way he was going to let me be a guitar player in the band. So I said, Robert, you're the younger brother. You're a bass player. Your older brother is your lead guitarist. Is it, It's got to be the same for you, right? And he went, oh, yeah, there was... You know, here, you get the bass. There was never any other option. And so, you know, we kind of had that connection right off the bat. And I spent a lot more time talking to Robert than I did Dean throughout it. But they were both just the nicest guys. They were joking with every camper as they would come in. And, and you know, it was kind of interesting at this camp. We had some that were huge Heart fans, some that were huge ACDC fans, some that were fans of all three big time, and some that were just diehard STP fans. And it was really cool to see the STP fans come in because they've been, you know, they've watched this band forever, but I don't think they expected these guys to actually be so down to earth and, and nice. No, and I did spend some time with Dean, and I have to say, we were walking to get some coffee before the jams, and he ran into my guitar player, and Dean said, actually, you know what, let's forget the coffee. We go back into the rehearsal room. He goes, I want to show you my new guitar I just got to my wow. guitar player. Wow. And so, and so, and then a couple more people start trickling in and he's sitting there and then, and then he's showing, going through his whole effects board before any, you know, anybody came into jam and just, that was his time to chill, but no, he wanted to show him the rig, uh, show him why this new guitar was special. And then he goes, here, you try it, you play it. Oh, wow. And, uh, <laughs> and so they're like, they're like, is somebody filming this? Oh, they're like having a moment. And it was just, you know, just so cool. Oh, that is just that is the coolest. Those are moments you're never going to get anywhere. No, no, no. of course not. Get them. Oh, that's so good. That's magic. And magic. it was interesting to hear them talk about in the Q and A. You know, growing up as brothers together and and starting this band. I mean, there's not. We have brothers in rock and roll. Obviously, you got ACDC, Angus, and Mal. You got the Van Halen brothers. It, got the it Davis, happens. The, the two brothers from Dave Davies. Yeah, yeah, the Davies, right? And so, but to have the two the brothers, brothers there. You know how many brothers hate each other? Yeah, <laughs> the exactly. They talk to each other. Exactly. The, the, most, most of the time it ends up that way, but yeah. these guys seem like they're still pretty tight. That was what I got. Definitely, definitely. And I, I liked how Nancy touched on her relationship with Anne and how they complement each other. And, you know, she loves... They love being by each other's side on stage. I yeah, that was so cool. yeah. I thought that was great. I, you know, someone asked Nancy why she, what she's most excited about being going on tour, and she said, "I want to be my sister." Right. Yeah, and they've had a lot of politics in that band, and you know, management issues and business. And, and issues people and think they don't issues. like each other. There's, no, I think there's they a get misconception along great. out there. Right. Yeah, yeah, they they get along great. Jeff's a great guy, and, and the issue has been, you know, other people, yeah. other people. Yeah. yeah. And and I thought that you, you know, know, and that's so crazy because these other people, they just want you know I've got some insight. They just want it. They want it's. They think it's about them. And yeah. It should be about the, these two sisters, and we should all be supporting each other. But how stupid, money, business, justification, you know. So it, it's sad. But I, I love that her answer was, "I just want to be with my sister." I know. And then similarly, my older sister, right? Yeah, it's older her older sister. sister. Yeah, and similarly, the, just the family bond when we asked. I think we asked Dean 
what his favorite moment, you asked what the favorite rock star moment for them has been throughout their career. And I think Dean said, when my son got up and played drums with me, with yeah. STP. And Robert actually brought his son out to the to yeah. the camp. Oh, yeah, he came to the camp. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Duke, yeah. yeah, Duke. He was also a musician and told me what shoegaze music yeah. was, which I had never heard that term before. But you know what? That was interesting because I brought that up during the Q&A. All of us have not heard of shoegaze, or a lot of us haven't heard of shoegaze, but there was a time when STP was being called grunge, and nobody had heard of grunge. And, you know, those guys said, it's just music. There's I, They not were a upset label. at me the first, can- the first time I booked them because I used the word grunge. Oh, wow. And... Someone canceled me that camp. Over you know, grunge? I, I, I don't know what I did. I, I was trying to go grunge, and I shouldn't have promoted Jerry Cantrell and them, and they used the word grunge. I got in trouble. Wow. Yeah, I had to move that camp because I had to make peace with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but those are the bands that the world considers grunge. So it's it's this it's so interesting. You see the same thing with heavy metal too. Like Black Sabbath is considered the band that started heavy metal, but they don't want to be called a heavy metal band. Uh, take Winger. You know, he was in the hair band era. He had big hair just like everybody else, but he says like I, I was in the hair band. Yeah, right. Don't, don't let me into. Well, it. you had the hair. So yeah. You were in a band with hair, right? <laughs> so anyway, we had great Q and and I know we said in a past episode that we would record some of the signing room stuff. There, you know, that gets a little weird. I don't, I didn't want to invade on Nancy's privacy or anything. But I will say, during the signings, she was just, she couldn't have been more of a real person, you know. Which I she think is. exactly, she, she is a real. Person. Which you get at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. She was asking everybody, "Oh, what TV shows are you watching? Oh, you got it." Last night, I started watching The Great, which is a show she and her husband recommended, uh, you know, about Russian history. Listen, so these people put their pants on the same way you do every morning. Exactly, you know? so, and that's what you that's know, just, just they, what you get reminded. They have extraordinary talent, which I have utmost respect for anyone, and they just and they. I think what they want to feel, and I've learned over the years, is they they want to be treated like a normal person. You know. It's so funny because I think I talked touched on it on the last episode. George Travis, when he takes care of Bruce Springsteen, and I saw the way George dealt with you know with Ringo and and all these people, you know whether it's Springsteen, they just want to be told they want to be told the truth. They also and they want to if they mess up, they want to be told you know they, when they mess up, you know. So exactly, that, that's just the way. The, the last thing they want is people doting on them. They got all the fans to do that. Right. Mm. Right. Now, this camp, of course, we could talk, we could probably fill multiple episodes with how great it was, but the whole thing culminates in two final shows. We played the Viper Room, and the campers also played the Troubadour, two legendary venues in Hollywood. And, you know, the Viper Room was was cool to see everybody get up kind of on that smaller stage with the drummer that we were talking about earlier in Joel's band. We actually set up a second kit on the floor, which I saw Elaine, that, that drummer in Janet's band, she, was, she made a video talking about how cool she thought that was that the drum set was set up on the floor, so in the final video, it's just going to be the drummer in that band, you know, pretty much up there with his band. And it really made it work for him and for everybody to just be able to get up there and, and play. But, Britt, talk about the Viper Room. I mean, I'm sure you played it when you were start starting out in L.A. many times. It's a legendary venue that they get to play. Yeah, I love the Viper Room. It's small and tight, but it, so it's, it just always feels packed. There's always a lot of energy in there. The sound is great. Mm-hmm. I thought the sound was awesome. Everybody just, you know just has a great time there. There's some booths, there's people standing, but there was standing room only. It was just totally full, and these people really felt like felt how it was like to, to play a packed show. It was a the packed Sunset house, Strip. too. Yeah. Totally packed, because yeah. we had the audience from the next show kind of spilling into it, too, which mm-hmm. made it great. I want to give a shout-out to Michael Berger and his crew. I mean, oh, yeah. Michael Berger, who's on tour with Kiss. Yeah. And he gets off Kiss, and 
He's going to go out in Def Leppard, but right in between, his dates are free. He's going to do rock and roll fantasy camp. So, right. Yeah, and know. it's not easy for the changeover. So like, you think about it, we've got, you know, at this camp, we had 11 bands going on and off the stage. And there's one little tiny narrow set of stairs at the Viper Room to get on and yeah. off the stage. So it could be mass chaos, but it's not because, yeah, the crew is amazing. Yeah, the, crew. the crew is awesome. And That's... they get them ready, right, to get on stage. Mm-hmm. What do they do? They we have just... a tuning station and everything. Right. We just we help everybody. We have tour managers running around making sure their bands are on deck. Sometimes scrambling around. At yep, the last yep, second yep. to find people, but and got, but we always got find the group people. Text going on with counselors too. Hey, make sure you're there. I don't see you. Where the heck are you? Get your band on deck, and yeah, but it's a good system. It works. It, I, it, it works. It, it flowed. Everybody played, and everybody did great. Mm-hmm. And I love the Troubadour show. I mean, uh, I the Troubadour the was awesome. And, and I, I watched the the videos today. They're great. They're great. They're great. Those videos. The lighting is great, and and sound is great, and the multiple cameras shoots and. I thought it was really... And I, um, I got to give credit to Britt on this one because, I mean, you know, that morning, it, I don't think people realize how hectic camp days are, especially the mornings and the nights before as you're kind of trying to tie everything together. The morning of the last day, Britt called and said, oh, you know what? I want to put together a flyer for all of the bands with oh, all of their logos so on it, that you know, so make great. logos for all of them. And you did that. I mean, that was so cool. Yeah, that that was just a last minute thought that I had I had thought before and, and then I forgot but some I, of the bands made t-shirts yeah oh really I didn't see that oh my gosh Gary Hoey's band Hair, Hair of, of the, the Dog, Dog and it had two sold out shows on the back oh really Viper <laughs> Room and the <laughs> and the Troubadour right. it was so cool so yeah well, I wish I wish we had more it's like oh, if you had more time and could get well, the names in advance years ago, yeah. that, years but. ago I did make him come up with the name of the band on by Thursday, hmm. and by Sunday we had T-shirts. Oh, that's and awesome! And we could go back to doing that, but that was, you know, that would be great with their logo, and they had their logos on it, and right, and you know, those bands, those people stay in their bands. And so, you know, when we were putting together the Troubadour videos today, which by the time this is out, people will have, I tried to start everyone out with the logos that Britt made for them. You know, yeah, just make it a bit more of a of a rock star experience. Although sometimes bands want to change their, you know, they change their name every day because they get excited that we're going to be this kind of band today. Yeah, and then my band was joking; they were like. Because we'd walk into the rehearsal room and be like, "Oh my god, I can't believe it's day three. Oh my god, it's day two. So we were gonna call on the first day. We're day one, and the second yeah. day our band's called day two. By day four, we're called day four. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's great. And I, had- and I have to tell you, during camp, I'm getting texts from Austin, Texas, from Evan Blonder and from the Rudies that the band that they were with this past summer in New York. They were having a reunion in in Austin, Texas, and they had so much fun that they were they were running their own camp at, at the Rudy's compound in Austin. Oh, wow! My and my band texted me today and said that they're setting up a gig in Cincinnati. Really? Wow! Wow! That's incredible. Well, and now, tell me about. It. I heard you had a few guest stars show up to, to the, the final the show. Troubadour and um, oh, yeah. yeah, Kenny Aronoff showed Kenny up. Aronoff. And, you know, I had seen his name on the guest list and kind of thought, uh, who put? I don't think it, none of the rock stars put him on. It was a camper that put him on the guest list. So I was going, really, is Kenny gonna? Is it the same Kenny Aronoff? <laughs> and there he go. There he is. He shows up and and he came in. He said he wants to come to camp. He wants. He said he's done it in the past. Wants he's, to come back. He's probably the the busiest musician. So it busy. Says 365 days. He works 366. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. He doesn't stop working. I He's talked so to him about in. the podcast, too, because he does his own I know. podcast. I don't and know when he gets time to do the podcast. I don't think he knows when he gets time to do <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, because he looks was great, in, too. He looks great. He's unbelievable. He keeps himself in shape. And, and, and he hung out afterwards at the Lowe's, too, right? I oh, saw yeah. Really? He out all night. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. He had a great time. Well, we should talk about that, too, because this was the first camp ever yes. where people went back to the Lowe's Hotel after and jammed at the bar with the rock stars, with the campers. It was awesome, right? It was so fun. It was so cool. Yeah, so we set up a little stage. We had two acoustics. We had percussion. At one point in the, the second evening, they started jamming on Can't You See Marshall Tucker Band? And out of nowhere, actually, my singer comes out with a flute and starts playing the flute solo. And um, we're getting, now, we're not the only people at the Lowe's Hotel. Right. right? So there's other you know marketing conventions, conventions and, and things yeah. like that and all these there was like a table of accountants and there we got them all up and, and <laughs> clapping and singing along and they were like boring accountants yeah they were like this is the coolest they're thing they're coming to rock camp now yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah but it, it was so fun it was like a cool open mic open jam and and I think the hotel really enjoyed it, too, because oh, it they was loved entertaining it. For, for them. For sure, because they're bar. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, what I found kind of funny about it is before the camp, Britt and I were kind of on the phone going, I don't want to have to go to the hotel after camp. No, I don't want to have to go to the hotel after camp. No, well, we were like, we were like, who's going to, do you think, like, it's going to be yeah, okay? Yeah, like, maybe gonna... we can send so-and-so. Like, <laughs> and then every night it was like, wait, no, I want to go. Yeah, I want to yeah. go. I ended up know? going every night regardless. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly, yeah. exactly. It was right on my drive home. I stopped by and... It was it was so cool and it continued the hang that happens at camp and and we saw it happen too Saturday night after the Viper Room show everybody went to the Rainbow and so you're sitting at the Rainbow with Vinny and with Derek St. Holmes and all these guys and at one point you know I sat down with with Vinny and his girlfriend and one of our campers and Vinny actually told us by the way the booth that we're in right now this is where Dio asked me to join the band oh, and so, so cool. you're you're experiencing history where it happened with the people where it happened with the Bullet Boys there. I didn't see them, but They're probably. They there. must have been. They live there. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple bands that live there. Final night of Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp, high voltage Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And I'm standing here with Britt Lightning, our musical director, and Tommy London from Sirius XM, who's been emceeing all the shows every night. Guys, how has this camp been? It's been high voltage, all right. We are rocking the roof off the Troubadour here. If uh, you can probably hear it in the background oh, right yeah. now, this is Spike Edney's band up, and they are crushing it, doing a queen medley right at the yeah. moment. Chris Slade's coming out. He's rocking with every band. It is awesome. So much history has been here at the Troubadour, and tonight even more history is made That's with right. the Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. That's right. Let's talk about some of the highlights from the camp real quick. I mean, yesterday we had the DeLeo brothers. The day before that, Chris Slade, and Chris Slade's actually in the building right now playing with all the campers. And today, Nancy Wilson from Heart came in. I mean, those are three huge acts, right, Brent? That's oh, yeah. Deal. Oh, yeah. Icons. And it was amazing. I mean, people were shaking coming off from I the jams know. with these people. Uh, such an adrenaline high. A lot of these people have never even played on stage before, let alone with their idols. So right. you can imagine the insane, uh, just adrenaline going on. So well, you know what I enjoy? You, you see the artist jam with all the campers, and then afterwards they take time to even spend more time with I them. Know. Like they'll, they'll question their instrument or or anything, and it's really special. I was just gonna say too, we had we had a lot of past counselors come out to the Troubadour show too, like Monty yeah. Pittman and stuff. Yeah. A lot of past campers and and past counselors. And if you have your badge from one of the earlier come, camps, you right. come and you get in free and you get right in. Teddy so. Zigzag stopped by camp oh, that too. Was so great, mm -hmm. see Teddy. Yeah. Okay. Another thing that I just want to touch on real quick is we did a raffle at this camp where uh, you know we were promoting the podcast a lot. David didn't let camp start until until you know people started following the podcast, which I loved, but. We uh, did a promotion for the podcast where we are giving away a signed drum head by Pete Best 
a drumstick from Ringo Starr, which uh, I want that one, and a Me poster, too. a poster from the camp in New York last year with uh, Daryl Jones, Pete Best, and Tom Hamilton. And so right now I have three raffle numbers. I am going to go ahead and read off the one that is going to win the Pete Best drumhead first. So have your ticket ready if you got one at camp. The winning number is, drum roll, 689009. Congratulations, you're getting a Pete Best drumhead signed by Pete Best live at Rock and Roll Fantasy Camp. And now for the Ringo drumstick, this is the one that everybody really wanted. So uh, another drum another roll. Another drum roll. Six it would be eight. Better if I had a uh, Ringo stick here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you got to bring in a few extra next time. Six eight nine zero three three is going to go home with the Ringo Star drumstick. So email me miles at rockcamp.com if that's your ticket number. And we need one more drum roll because we still have a poster to give away. Signed. Signed. <laughs> and that one is going to six eight nine zero five two. So guys, uh, I, I had a five three. Uh, <laughs> almost almost went right back in David's collection, but that's coming home with you. So if any of those are your winning ticket number, email me miles at rockcamp.com and we'll get it right out to you. And make sure you like our podcast. Make sure of it. And you, tell your friends. You're supposed to have already liked it. That's why you won this the, these prizes. I am getting the sign now that we uh, have to wrap this episode up. But you know now you're getting to hear how fun it is, and we're doing another camp very soon. I mean we're kind of they're they're back to back to back right now. February we just finished. We we got the March camp, got the April camp coming. Well, we should, we, unfortunately, we have this, couldn't let a lot of people into the Van Halen camp, but turn a lot of people away. Happens. Right, exactly. Well, keep listening to Rock Camp, the podcast, for more information and for more stories from camp, rockcamp.com. To stay up with it, you can check us out on Instagram and Facebook and, and all of those. And thank you for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.